3: welcome to buckets it is friday we are on futures friday the future is here the playoffs are here the postseason is here we don't have to figure out which one is which we don't have to figure out the bracket we don't quite have the bracket we don't have our eight seeds yet but close enough the future is here futures friday i am excited i'm your host brandon anderson here today with action network contributors joe Delera and jim turvey This is your Buckets Futures Friday podcast. It's our final Futures Friday before we really get going on the postseason. I believe this is something like my 11th podcast or recording of the week. So today for a little different thing, we're going to switch it up a little bit. I'm going to mostly run point here. I wanted Joe and Jim to get on here. We got to go back and forth on some of these favorite series today that we disagree on a little bit. We will get to Futures, Conference Picks, Finals Picks, and we're going to dive a little bit into MVP for finals MVP, conference MVP. No Yogic MB debate. Don't turn off the podcast. This is not that. We're done. We're done. Votes are in. Doesn't matter anymore. I'm still mad about it. Anyway, Buckets Futures Friday, as always, presented by FanDuel. All of our picks will be on the Action Network app, the award winning Action Network app. Make sure to follow each of us on there. Joe Delera is at Joe Delera, both there and on Twitter, Jim Turby at Bets. Joe, I'm, I'm glad to see you today, but I got to be honest. We've talked a lot. We've done our podcast. Jim Turvey, my guy, we have been writing articles since like back in the day on Medium. We've been, yep. we've written each other. We have texted each other. This is our first time podcasting. Joe, your old news. Jim, welcome to the show with Brandon. <laughs>
1: This is awesome. I know it is pretty wild that we have a, a a relatively lengthy history of of you know we have communicated in almost any form imaginable <laughs> except for video. So now we have we finally checked that off. Um, I think you know the future is here for NBA. The future is here for for Jim and Brandon. Uh, in terms of communication in all possible forms. So excited.
3: Yeah. Well, glad to have you on, Joe's rocking everything New York today. So that's a great transition. Let's let's jump in. We're going to go with a few series right away. We're going to start out with Knicks, Cavs. Again, we've got series previews in detail, in depth, like 20, 30 minutes in each of these. We wanted to come to these today because Jim and Joe disagree on these series. You'll never guess which side Joe's on on this one, everyone. But be sure to check out the previews to get some other longer depth here. So Joe, we'll give you the honors. I'm sure you're on the Knicks here. Make the case.
2: All right. So I am on the Knicks. My favorite bet for this series, though, is actually the Cavs to win game one and the Knicks to win the series at plus 420, along with over five and a half games. And here's why. Randall, they just said that he practiced non-contact practice. Um, So to me, that's not very promising that he's going to be playing at least extended minutes in game one whether or not that's a good thing or not you know it kind of depends (laughs) on what your feeling is on the new york knicks but i do think that they need him in order to win this series uh at least some version of him just based on his size his versatility and just the raw minutes that he can play at that position you're not going to get jericho sims minutes which i think is important in this matchup against cleveland right so the reason I like this spot for New York though, is I think that these two teams, especially based on the, the price in this series should be a little bit closer, right? Like Donovan Mitchell. Sure. We can say he's the best player in the series, but I think that after that the margins are not nearly as wide between say then Brunson, Darius Garland, Julius Randall, uh, Evan Mobley, J- uh, Jared Allen. I think that we're still in like a pretty close knit group of players especially when you consider the fact that the Knicks have a lot of versatility, which I don't think that they've necessarily had in prior years, like two years ago when they played Atlanta and just got smoked because what they did was when they traded and got Josh Hart, I think that was an incredible move for New York. He's one of the best players in terms of plus minus on the team, but also he has a lot of versatility that he brings to the table. He can board, he can dish, he can score and he can defend multiple positions, basically one to four probably not a five in this matchup but if there was a little bit of a stretch five opportunity he could get some minutes there and be relatively successful Having all of those options to throw at relatively small guards in Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland, I think is important, and they can do some more things. Where you maybe you can take J- uh, Jalen Brunson off ball if they're going to be playing a Coro for defensive purposes. He's generally a negative offense or offensively. Throw Jalen Brunson on him, and then you have strong wing defenders in Quentin Grimes, Emmanuel Quickly, even R.J. Barrett. To be honest. I think that this is going to be a very tough matchup for the Cleveland guards because you have two forwards and a forward in the center in Mobley and Allen who cannot really create their own shot. That's not what they do. So they're going to need the facilitating. And then you have Mitchell Robinson on the interior who is a good defensive center. So I think that this matchup is amongst two teams that are very close in terms of what the actual on-court talent is. And when people say the thing about Tibbs teams is there's not that extra gear in the playoffs, I think that we can honestly say something similar about Cleveland right now because both Mitchell and Garland are in top 25 in the league in terms of minutes per game so far this season, the same as Randall and Brunson. They're all at 35 plus minutes a game. So I don't know how many more minutes they can really play either. So I think that this is a closer matchup than it reads, but Randall's health is definitely a little bit concerning.
3: Yeah, the over yeah, five so- and a half games when it first came out this weekend and the series came out, that's what caught my eye. I was like, okay, long series. We don't know. We don't know these teams. We don't know what's gonna happen. Long series. And then what is it? I think minus 180 right now. So yeah,
2: which is still 64% implied. So it's not totally unbettable, but I you know, it, it's it's definitely something that I still like, but it I agree with you. Jim,
3: you and I were we're on the opposite of this one. We've texted about this a little bit. I didn't expect to be on the Knicks. Part of why I got to the Knicks is because I, I wanted the long series. It juiced out of a range where I got there. So I was like, okay, I need to find a different angle. I'm not on the Knicks to win the series. I think they could. I'm more kind of in line with Joe. I'm saying I think these teams are a little closer than we think. I think it's a long series. So I I made the case for Knicks plus one and a half on the podcast earlier this week. I know you like the Cavs more than either one of us. So what's the case for the Cavs here?
1: Yeah, in fact, I'm actually on, I'm not only a I'm on the Cavs, but I'm on Cavs minus one and a half. So I'll kind of walk through why I like the Cavs and I'll walk through the, why the minus one and a half. So for the Cavs uh, in this series for me, it isn't so much being lower on the Knicks. I think it's more so being higher on the Cavs. Um, I think this Knicks team is super solid. Um, I, I, I think Joe makes a good point that they really do have some, some really talented um, wing defenders. Hart uh, quickly turned himself into one of the best like two-way players off the bench in the league. He's really been outstanding. Where I where I think that they may run into a little trouble though is I I don't know if Tibbs is gonna be able to bench Barrett if he needs to. Um, I think their best lineup is probably something like quickly, uh, Brunson, Hart, Grimes, and Robinson. Or it, for when Randall's hurt, and then if Randall comes back, you swap in Randall for likely Grimes or Hart. Um, I don't see Barrett being actually the one of their five best players in terms of no. impact and and I just don't maybe Tibbs will will pull the trigger. Um but to me that this is uh like I said it's it's being it's being high on the Cavs too. So between that and then I just think this Cavs defense is really, really good. Um I think it's I I think what they do best translates really well. So what they do, they don't give up threes and they protect the rim with Mobley and Allen, two of the best rim protectors in in the entire sport. Um, they allow, in fact, the fewest threes of any team in the NBA. If you're taking away those two things, now you know Brunson is a guy who can thrive in the mid range, um, but he, again, he's going to have he's going to be carrying a, a big weight of that when when Randall isn't there, and then when Randall gets back. I don't think there's a Knicks fan out there that is excited about the idea of Randall being forced into mid range jumpers. I just, this, this Cleveland defense really does a good job of, of putting the pressure on you to score in in the hardest ways possible. So, you know, if they match up with a team like Phoenix, that can really thrive in the mid range, they're, they're going to get destroyed. That's not going to fit well with them, but someone like the Knicks, they don't, they have Brunson, but they don't have as many guys that can really thrive in, in that mid range area to be able to make up for the math of not getting as many threes and not getting that production by the rim because you've got Aaron uh you got Allen and Mobley sitting there um protecting it so I I definitely am higher on on Cleveland I think um and then in terms of the minus one and a half number I I landed there because and and so ironically I'm also Knicks fan, like Joe, I, I'm here in, in Brooklyn, <laughs> big Knicks Traitor. fan. I know maybe this is emotional hedge, but I can't tell you how many times I have seen the Knicks home court advantage turn into the opposing superstar come in and just light up the garden. And it's, it's, it, it's happened a million times and Donovan Mitchell was created in a lab to come in and score 60 <laughs> in the game six. So I, I really don't mind the idea of the Cavs having to win on the road. Um, I mean, it, it's amazing. MSG gets some of the best crowds you're ever going to find, but it the, it almost brings out the best of the of these opposing stars. And Donovan Mitchell, it's a little more narrative than than I t- I tend to like to skew with some of my with some of my uh, betting. But the I just I I have no fear of him coming in and needing him to win in a game six with this bet on the line. I in fact I probably would bet a Mitchell points over in that game because I have I, I've seen it so many times the star player comes in and that home court advantage, quote unquote, that the Knicks have, uh, it, it's just not there. So I, I'm on Cleveland as a whole. And then to to kind of make that juice a little a little less um I'm taking the minus one and a half because like I said, the, the, that game six needing Cleveland to win doesn't doesn't scare me as much as as maybe in the implied odds uh think there.
3: Yeah, the, the points that you said, uh, Jim, definitely like uh, Knicks minus one and a half. Part of the cap is if you like the underdog and you think the series goes long, then you just have to not lose game six at home. Just not lose game six at home. And Donovan Mitchell in MSG is the absolute fly in the ointment of my peg yeah. that I am well aware of. And I can already see the like 60 point game coming. Yeah, yeah. Th- that, we don't yeah. need to explain it. The script is there. We are all afraid of the same <laughs> thing. I think to like the Knicks here, you have to like the version of the Knicks that we get to choose to like, right? Because right. if it comes down to, okay, Julius Randle time, okay, R.J. Barrett, I don't think that any of us, I mean, Nobody you guys are that. Knicks fans. I'll mm-hmm. let you speak for yourselves, but I sure as heck don't want R.J. Barrett and Julius Randle to be the deciding factor if I'm betting on the Knicks, so.
2: No, it, we'll, we'll see what happens, but I think we need Randle to a certain degree um, just based on what he brings to the table, but at the same time, limited Randall might be better than uh, than full Randall because maybe we'll get some more OB minutes there, which is, which has actually been pretty good.
3: Let me give you guys a a Randall angle here. Let me try one and see if you think this, I I got a bet here. What if the Knicks are actually better without Randall early in the series? Brunson plus Julius Randall together per pivot analysis plus 1.4 net rating for the season. That's not great. That's pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we know, we know the Knicks bench Brunson, no Randall, just that plus 13.5 net rating for the season. And Brunson and his Villanova guy, Josh Hart, plus 20.2 net rating for the season. Not that Hart replaces Randall like for like, but what if Randall being out, we just saw last year, Brunson goes off early in the series. So you can bet first one to three or three games or Knicks up two to one after three games, I should say. I see that at a plus 240. What if... The Knicks steal one of these first two games on the road because Brunson has a huge game without Randall. Then you come home and either you win the game three at home or at least we can hedge out of it. Am I crazy here or could this be like a fade Randall play the Knicks angle? Jim, what do you think?
1: Yeah, actually, I I don't I don't mind that at all. Um, I think that you're 100 percent right in that I I, part of the cap is I I, like I don't trust Tibbs to bench RJ Went matters. I don't trust Randall <laughs> to not come back until he's like fully held it. I, I, I just think there's a lot of factors that, it, like you said, if we imagine the Knicks that we want, I do think it's a really <laughs> close series. I just don't have faith in them getting to those decisions. And so yeah. I think that, you know, maybe the Knicks do try and play a long game and maybe with game one, but I just, I see them pushing Randall back as soon as he's ready to go. I mean, he's credit to him. He's going to want to be out there and and he is there, you know, quote unquote, maybe best or second best player. So I, I don't hate it, but I, I would be nervous that, that Randall's going to come back as, as quick as possible. And I do think that that's actually not maybe the best thing.
2: Yeah.
3: All right. Well, we could do next all podcast, but we got to keep moving. We got a lot of stuff to get to. So let's go over to the West. We're going to go to Grizzlies Lakers next. And Jim, I'm going to let you start on this one in a second, because when we did this on the podcast earlier in the week, we had myself, Jay money, Matt Moore, all three of us clean sweep. On the Los Angeles Lakers, the seventh seed winning the series. Jim, talk some sense into us. I know you're on Memphis. Why would two seed win a playoff series tell us why
1: (laughs) i know i'm a little nervous that it seems like action as a whole is all set in lakers camp but i i you know it's it's fitting i've been on grizzlies grotto since i started action it's kind of been my thing ironically i was actually thinking that come postseason i was going to fade them because i actually don't love their postseason ceiling all that much um we'll get we'll talk other west futures down the line um but i think this matchup just it, it, it's too good of a matchup for, for Memphis. Um, ironically, you and I have almost the same cap. We just see it in a slightly <laughs> different way um, because how I see this series is it's two very paint-focused teams and it's a team in Memphis that even without Adams and Clark is still in the top eight, both in terms of points in the paint and in terms of fewest points in the paint allowed. The, the Lakers, on the other hand, are a team that allows the eighth most points in the paint and they can't beat um Memphis from beyond the arc which is what their their defense is packs the paint and like that that they're trying to make you beat them from the outside and the Lakers can't really do that now I'm very nervous about a few things I'm very nervous about the whistle uh the lakers you know i think we all saw that that graphic that went around ever since that that famous celtics non-call um on lebron they (laughs) i mean they were their their free throw rate the rest of the year was making up for it they were they were living at the line and it's a team in all credit in in all joking aside it's a team that puts pressure on the rim even reeves is a guy who can get to the line a lot and i i triple j is really important in this series and the dude cannot not foul people it's incredible so the biggest worry for me in this series is that it's it's can triple J stay on the court, but if he can, I really like Memphis here. I think that they get out and transition really well. That's something that Lakers have struggled, struggled with. And it's a way that I've noticed LeBron aging. Is it seems like those passes that he'll that like for, Almost two decades now, he's whipped across the court, and you're just like, how can a human make that pass? It doesn't have that extra little millimeter to get over the hand, the guy's hand at the last second. And it's leaned to some live ball turnovers that the Memphis just thrives on live ball turnovers. If you their half-court offense for, you know, Matt Moore has been talking about it forever. That's where they struggle. You let them get out and run in transition, though. And this is a Lakers team that that could get into trouble. I had them just on the series. I think that's my favorite bet. It's minus 136. It was minus 130. So there's a little steam going that way too. I also don't hate Memphis four to one exact. That's coming in at plus 480. Um, you you touched on this when you were talking through Grizzlies Lakers um, on the pod either yesterday or day before. And, I, and you even said like, that if, you, if you're on the Grizzlies, that might be the way to play. Because I do agree the later, like LeBron in a game seven, I'm not really going to want to bet that. To be honest, I, I do think that LeBron, like I said, maybe isn't, the Terminator he once was, it's it's funny. I'm having debates with my friends who for 15 years, I've been the LeBron defender and I'm like, wait, ah, I'm not entirely sure we we can just write him in past the Grizzlies here. It's a very strange reversal for me, but I do think that, you know, the later in the series, the more potential for things to get a little weird. I think the Grizzlies very well could just come out, win the first two at home, steal one of the two in LA, and then be looking at, you know, potentially game five with a, with a 480 there. So that's, that's another angle of this. I like, and yeah, I, 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 I know I'm the lone, lone grizzly guy here, but <laughs> I, I just like the way they match up really well. But I, I do see what you're talking about. It's flip sides of the coin because you can easily say, you know, the Lakers are focused in the paint and like they, they're they going to be able to take away from Memphis. So it's, it's a, I think it's probably the, one of the more interesting series. I think maybe not the most fun, but from a strategic point, I, I think it could be a really fun watch.
3: Yeah, it should be a good yeah. series. Joe Delera, are you going to let this LeBron slander stand? Where are you <laughs> at on this
2: one? no the goat's gonna take this one so we uh look I like the Lakers here um and a lot of this has to do with the fact that Memphis has lost so much of their positional flexibility right you don't have Brandon Clark you don't have Steven Adams so you're in a situation where you just don't have a lot of counters you basically have to run your guys like we're what are we gonna see out there like Kenneth Lofton like he's not defending Anthony Davis like if this becomes like if Because realistically, both games, Jaron has played against Anthony Davis, five fouls. So this is really tough for them. And Anthony Davis went bonkers. Granted, both games were without LeBron, but he had a 30 and 22 game and a 28 and 19 game. Like, that's what we're going to see here. There is no answer whatsoever on this Memphis Grizzlies squad for Anthony Davis. And I get that that was without LeBron. I think that's just gonna it's just gonna be worse. Like the Lakers are that team where if you were playing somebody on 2K and something starts working, they just spam it. That's what the Lakers <laughs> do. They have no shame, they will just spam that play over and over and over and over and over again because they know it works and they know that like Memphis just doesn't have an answer for it. The answer is gonna be: can Jaron keep his hands off of Anthony Davis? And realistically, I don't see that happening. I think they're just going to force the issue because even if it's not Anthony Davis, you have like the foul merchant in Austin Reeves, you have LeBron James, like driving into the paint. This is going to be a problem. I think for Memphis, additionally, my concern from Memphis's point of view, right. Is that, they score a lot of points with their guard play. And a lot of it's through obviously Desmond Bain has been awesome uh this year. And he like Le- LeBron even said, like Le- Bain's playing like a like he's been in the league for 10 years. He's a vet. He knows what he's doing. He's cagey. He he sticks to his game, right? Ja, I think is he's a little bit undersized, realistically. He jumps at like he jumps like nobody else can, but he's a little bit undersized, right? We've seen LeBron do this. Granted, he's a little bit older, but it wouldn't surprise me at all to see LeBron put himself on Ja Morant for like an entire game. Like if Ja starts going crazy, they'll put LeBron on him and Ja's not going to do anything. Like it's just, it's not going to work. So I struggle to see Memphis having enough counters for the things that the Lakers can do because the Lakers, we've seen them now too. Ham, Darvin Ham is making the tough decisions. We just saw them close out a game with D'Angelo Russell on the bench. Right, so like we know that he's not going to do this thing where it's like, oh well, like we just got this guy, we have to play him. Like that's not what's happening. He's going to play who's best, and I think that that's important here, especially against a team that just I don't think has enough counters for the Lakers' size.
3: All right, Jim, I gotta I gotta get you to weigh in on this one because I, I got a bone to pick with something Joe just said. You're the LeBron stand. You can be in, in the group chat right now. Can 38 year old LeBron James shut down John Morant?
1: I I'd be surprised. I, uh, I, like I said, I have long been the the biggest LeBron apologist you'll find, but I, I do think he just looks, it, it's like, you're, you're finally seeing him age a little bit before I, like I, he is still amazing. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say he's, he's useless out there, but if, if he's stepping up and, and guarding Ja for a full game and shut him down, you know what, then I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to give this bet to Joe because
2: I, I don't see it happening, but credit to him if he does. I'm not even saying like, though for like a whole game. I'm saying if Ja comes out hot and it's like, look, like he's the guy that they're going through. Like, this is how it's working. You put like, if, even if you could spend like half a quarter on him, that can totally break up that offense where it just causes them problems because he's, he can't Morant would have to outspeed him realistically. That's the only way to do it because he's not going to outsize him. He can't really shoot over him. Like, and he's not a shooter. He's got to get into the paint. He's got to attack the rim. That's what Ja does. I mean, we've seen him shoot a couple threes a little bit more this season, but that's just not his ball game. So I think it's it makes it a little bit easier for an older LeBron that maybe has lost like a half a step because he's so smart and just knows how to play defense. So like that's kind of why I think he could be deployed on him in a such situ- in certain situations
3: jim in order to win the series for memphis does john ja morant have to be the best player in the series and if not second best third best where does he have to rank for grizzlies to come out ahead here
1: i i actually really don't think he has to be the best series I, I i know you guys were talking yesterday like if you go if you put best player versus best player second versus second best i i yeah i agree the lakers have both of those advantages where i think the the down the line is like so if you say jaw and Triple J are the two best. I'm going to give it to AD and LeBron. But then if you go Bane third, <laughs> I think that's a, ma- like, I love Austin Reeves. He seems like a good dude, but like <laughs> Bane versus Austin Reeves, I'm going with Bane big time. And then sure. I think, I think I'm a pretty big Taylor Jenkins guy. I think that Tyus Jones is one of those just like key swing pieces that I wouldn't, I'd much rather have Tyus Jones in this series than Dennis Schroeder or D'Angelo Russell, to be honest. So I, I think the Grizzlies have those types of pieces. And I think. They, they've been together. They they played well. Jenkins is a great coach. I, I think it's, it's after the stars. So I think Jock could get away with being the third best player and, and the Grizzlies still win the series.
3: Yeah. I think we match up the guys going down the line, the only one after the top two that I would give to the Lakers is whoever you're matching up with Dylan Brooks, because <laughs> the ball away from him. If, if Dylan shoots as much as he did during the regular season, of this matchup, that is big advantage Lakers. Let's just touch on Kings Warriors a little bit. I want to hear what you think about this series. This is the one for me that I've had the hardest time on, so I need to hear what you guys think. Joe, let's start with you. Kings Warriors, what do you got here?
2: So, look, I mean, the Kings have been better realistically all season. I, the, my concern with the Warriors is obviously everybody's like, oh, well, like they're starting lineup or yada, yada, like whatever, man. Like they've been telling us who they are. They do not win road games. They just don't do it. I don't know what it is. Like there's a certain point where it's like, yeah, like they're defending champs. They've kind of been going into this like real easy this season. Like it's like, all right, like it's not a big deal. Maybe they're taking it not as seriously. We can just turn the switch on. You got some some of these losses are just atrocious that they have on the road. And the Kings, their offense just is unstoppable. I, I haven't seen there's nobody that's doing anything about that. Granted, I am slightly concerned that the Warriors maybe just start doing something different that they haven't done all season because it's the playoffs. And then that kind of throws a wrinkle into it. Right. But at the same time, the pace is crazy. And if the Warriors get held up at all on the offensive side of the ball, because you have these guys that are going to have to start playing max minutes because they just don't have a bench, like there's really no bench anymore um you know Wiggins is coming back we don't know what the ramp up of that's going to be we know how important he is to their rotations right but we're going to be seeing maybe some Jordan Poole but last year in the postseason he wound up getting his minutes they kind of wound up being reduced right because we were seeing a little bit more Gary Payton we were seeing a little bit more minutes from defensive minded players so if the Kings get hot and the Warriors just can't keep up I it I think it's a little bit tough here so I like the Kings. I think that this is, I think they're a little bit mispriced, uh, especially as a three seed with the number one offense in the league. Um, I know that they struggle to defend things, especially in the pick and roll, but at a certain point, Golden State also needs to stop them. And I just think that this number for the Kings, you can get them at plus money at plus one and a half games, I think is insane. And to get the one seed, if you wanted to take them minus one and a half, you can get like a plus four hundred number, is just mind-boggling to me. I don't think that these teams are that far apart.
3: Jim, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I there's a lot I agree with in there, and there's a few
1: things I, I disagree with. I guess actually, Joe, I wanna I wanna pin you down for because like to me, I look at the Warriors team and the, the biggest red flag is those road struggles. But I like dive into it and I I to me there's not a very obvious explanation. So I lean towards two potential answers one and actually you know what i'll lay mine out first i want to
2: see why like what 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 do you think is the reason that they've had those road struggles i think some of it might be resting guys uh to a certain degree right uh and then they've obviously had a variety of different injuries throughout the course of the season but i don't know if it's like a home court thing where they're just more comfortable or if it's a travel thing or they just don't care by playing like when they're not playing in front of their home fans yeah I, i i i think it's some of those as well i i
1: think First and foremost, it's it's not caring. I I do think that's the biggest thing because we haven't really seen this ever be an issue before. Now in the past, they also haven't always cared as much. So you could say you can flip yeah. that both ways. But the other thing is they, they were trying, this was like their bridge year, right? This is the year they were going to bring the future, you know, their light years ahead. It was paying yeah. off this year, their future generation and their current generation where it was going to be a beautiful bridge. It really hasn't worked out. And I think that those guys on the road have really been part, a, a massive part of the issue. So when I look at the two top things in my mind are a lack of caring and the youngsters to me, those kind of go away in the postseason. Now I actually, one of my favorite bets is this for this season to go or for this series to go over five and a half games. Because I don't think the not caring fully goes away. I could totally see them playing <laughs> with their food, even in the postseason. They do that all the yeah. time. And I do think that these are two really good teams. I think the Kings offense is incredible. Uh, you were talking about the pace. I'm, I'm going to be looking at overs in the series. I think they're going to put out ridiculous lines, and I think they still might clear those lines. because It's just going to be back and forth. It's going to be incredibly fun to watch. But when I, when I look at what those in my mind, what caused those road struggles. I see I see a couple of factors that I see potentially going away and not worrying me as much in the postseason. It's why I I kind of like the Warriors for the postseason as a whole. And even though I, I'm i pretty high on the Kings, actually, I, th- I think they're a really good team, I still do lean to the Warriors in this series.
3: Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. So just to make sure I got it right, best bets from you on this series. It sounds like, Jim, you're thinking over on the five and a half games, and Joe, is your best bet that long number on the Kings minus one and a half?
2: Plus 490 at Kings minus one and a half. Like if you, if you, if I, my feeling is that if we go this way, like Kings are just going to take it, you know, like if the Kings are going to win, I think it's going to be like the Kings are going to win. Like it might be like a, one of those types of series. I like that as well. It's, it kind of goes in line with what you, what we were
1: talking about with Memphis. The leader in this series, it goes, the more it's going to favor the team that's been there a hundred <laughs> yep. times and it is likely yeah. probably playing with their food a little bit to get it to seven. I I agree. Uh, if, if you're talking me into Kings, it's, it's a quicker one. So I like that too, Joe. Well,
3: let me push that one step further then we'll wrap up on this series. If you're taking Kings minus one and a half, that means Kings to win, not in seven, right? So you're paying yeah. for Kings in six. You're paying for Kings in six. You're paying for Kings to go to Golden State and close out the series in six. If you're Fair. doing the four to one, Shouldn't, shouldn't you go for the Kings minus two and a half? Go all the yeah, way. I have,
2: a, I have a little bit of that as well. Okay. <laughs> um, so I do have a little bit of that as well, but for purposes of here, I'll uh, I'll give out the king minus one and a half. Fair, fair enough. <laughs> we're ready all at right. plus 490. <laughs> all
3: right. We're going to do one more. One, you each get one more series angle here, and then we're going to switch over to talking MVPs and the big picture stuff. So Jim, you got 60 seconds. You get one more series bet. Give us the elevator pitch. Who else do you like?
1: Yeah. So I'm going to a player prop for this one. I really like Devin Booker plus 6,000 to lead that first round series in assists. So crazy number, uh, like, like, you know, it's, it's when you get into these, they're never likely, right. But what you're looking for is something that's more likely than the number they give. And Booker has, ever since KD came to the Suns, he's, his assist numbers have jumped up. He's averaging almost seven assists a game, 6.8 assists in those KD games. Uh, the two favorites in the series are Paul, obviously, Chris Paul, but there's always an injury risk with him, right? Uh, And this is total assists. It's not assists per game. And you're still getting that plus 6,000. The other favorite is Russell Westbrook, who is only plus 200, but he's averaging 7.6 assists per game with the Clippers. To me, there's not a big enough delta between 7.6 and 6.8 to explain plus 280, I think is what Rex is, maybe even just plus 200 versus uh, plus 6,000 number on Booker. Especially when you th- when you make it total, if there's an injury, suddenly it's it's all sorts of doors are open. Um, he's been moving the ball better with with KD in town, so that's I think that's my favorite uh, other series prop.
3: I, I love this bet. I love this Booker's assists when Durant has been on the court have Very been good. such a strong play, right? Like I know we're all looking for that playing the Booker over assists game to game. I I don't know if this market stays open as the series goes along. But if Booker is even close, you're going to have a lot of options to hedge out of here to play whoever the other possible person is. And at 60 to one, like you, you can hedge a few different times if we're in the ballpark there. You're right. It's again, it's a long shot. Long shots, how they work is they usually miss. I think 60 to one is way off. I, I love it. Joe, you get one yeah. more series pick. What's your elevator pitch?
2: All right. So I won't, use, I won't do a plus money play here. I'm actually going to take the Celtics minus two and a half games. I think that this is just a complete – this is a total mismatch. Like, they kind of got lucky that Atlanta won that game. I think Miami would have just been, like, annoying, right? Like, they would have won, but it would have been annoying. Um, Atlanta just doesn't shoot enough threes to, in my opinion, to keep up in this matchup. There's not enough variance that they can provide – for that type of underdog situation, and Boston's one of the best switching teams in the league, right? So you know Atlanta likes to run a lot of pick and roll, but at the same time, I think that that's that kind of just plays right into what Boston is able to defend. The guy that I think will play well is Trey Young, at least from a scoring perspective, because they're going to give him those floaters. Like they'll they'll live with that, right? But. That's not going to beat this Boston Celtics team. That's one of the best three-point shooting teams in the league with some of the best offensive players in the NBA. So I like Boston at minus two and a half. Maybe Atlanta steals one game just, just because they shoot poorly, uh, because Boston shoots poorly. But this is going to be a series that's more about Boston than about Atlanta for from start to finish.
3: Yeah, you guys already know I love that one. On our preview, I gave out Boston minus two and a half. For me, that's my favorite pick of any series back going to the first round. So don't need to yeah. add anything more there, except I will be playing the sweep as well. Plus 280 yeah. on the sweep. Let's take a pivot here. So we're done with the series. We're moving to big picture. I want to talk MVP. Our sponsor, FanDuel, already has odds up for us. They like our money, guys. They want our money in. We can bet all right now on finals MVP. And don't forget, we got those two new trophies. We got a Western Conference finals MVP and an Eastern Conference MVP. Actually, is, is it a finals MVP or is it just a conference MVP? I guess I'm not actually positive. I don't know
2: how they say it. I think they call it the finals MVP, but it's still a little weird.
3: Yeah, so those are new. We got one season of data Jim, I asked you to do a little bit of work on this Finals MVP. I want to know the trends here. So I'm, I'm curious. How often is the Finals MVP just the best player on the winning team? How often is the Finals MVP just the winning leading scorer on the winning team? Are there some trends here? You and I both. You did a, a whole slew of awesome futures articles for baseball. That's another sport I hear about. Baseball, right? You got MVP, Cy Young, Rookie of the Year. Great articles, a man after my own heart. You followed the pattern. We did the whole historical profile. Let's do a mini version of that. Tell us about Finals MVP.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, th- th- I think this is a a shared passion of of, of ours for <laughs> sure. Is digging into the like you know long term. What what's the trend? What are we going to see here? And let's let's zoom out and see some patterns. And I think uh, you certainly went in with hypothesis of leading scorer on the best on the winning team is that is that it and the short answer is yes uh, I think we all remember Andre Iguodala, um that that one fateful year but that is it it's that one fateful year because <laughs> I, I went through here and I went back to you know I went back to 93 94 um, and almost every single time it's leading scorer on the wing team there are a few where it's slightly off um, we have like uh Kawhi was the second leading scorer but it was like by 0.2 points or something like that mm-hmm. one of the years so and i to me what it what it really pivots on is there's a there's a, a couple of examples where it really shows that it if, if you are the leading scorer you ha, you're likely winning this award there's paul pierce in 2008 who i i think most people would say kg is the better player too paul pierce scored about five more points a game he got the finals mvp year before that tony parker got it over Tim Duncan even though <laughs> again Tony Parker not as good as Tim Duncan but if you are the top scorer in these series it's really hard for people to deny you um there and even and one thing I thought was interesting just I know we're going off a tiny sample now but in the conference finals voters had no problem giving it to Curry there and Tatum there even though there was no like let's try and get let's try and get cute and give it to someone because then in the finals we can give it to the other person it was just leading score best team so I, I, it was, it was what we thought it was. Uh, there's that dollar year to kind of be the, uh, the, the one, the one counter example, but that that's pretty much it.
3: Yeah. Sometimes I, I I'm blanking on the phrase. So, sometimes the one counter example that proves the the rule, the exception proves the rule. There we go. That's
1: exactly what I was blanking on as yeah, well, but thank that's, you. Yes, that's, that's the one. That's
3: and thank you for the uh, the PTSD on all my Jalen Brown conference finals bets that looked so good and got so awesome. close. And that's part of what <laughs> prompted this idea is just like, I honestly thought Jalen Brown might've been the more valuable player in that Eastern conference finals last year. Didn't matter because we just give it to the highest leading score. What I wanted to know then is we look through these teams here. I asked you guys to, to kind of put, put the players, the star player in each team. I think we all would just know who that is. So I want to know if the bucks win something, if the bucks win the East is Giannis, the MVP, if the Lakers win the West is LeBron, the MVP kind of go through and think through teams like that. I want to know the order of, because if we get that, if, if we agree that in almost every scenario, Giannis, I think is the pretty obvious answer to one of these questions. If Giannis wins MVP, then can we bet Giannis MVP rather than betting bucks to win the East? Can we bet Giannis finals MVP rather than bucks win the finals? Can we get extra payout? And is it worth it? So we're going to separate guys into a few tiers. So I called tier one, the locks guys that we're going to say 95% plus anything can happen, but you know, there, there's always the Iguodala here. but otherwise we think Giannis or whoever would be the pick tier two is our very likely 75% up guys. Tier three is the better than 50 50. So I want to think through guys. We don't even have to list them all out. You know, who the star players are in each team. So Joe start us out. Who who would be your locks? What teams? Where if they win, we know who the MVP is. You're sure of it. Uh,
2: I would say Giannis, Embiid, Donovan Mitchell, Jokic, uh, LeBron. I think I think LeBron just narrative wise. I don't think that they could ever give it to AD, even if he plays slightly better.
3: Okay, so Jim, how does your list of locks line up with that? Tell us tell us who you agree with first, and then let's talk about the ones that we differ on.
1: Well, I agree with almost every single one of them. Um I th- and Mitchell was one that I thought maybe would slip under the radar. I think that's a great call. If if Mitchell if the Cavs are somehow getting there, Mitchell is the epitome of this where like, you know, maybe some writers going to smart uh, outsmart themselves think like Evan Mobley that defensive impact. No, Mitchell's going to win the MVP. That to me that's a lot. The only one I would and this is this I think this will be very surprising. only one I, ha- I can see a vision of of Dallas somewhere. Is Giannis actually because it, I it, like a Bucks Warriors final? If you get Drew Holiday locking up Curry and just giving mm. him, you know, forty eight minutes of hell, and he's like he's doing the dollar thing, he's also he. We know Holiday can score if he if he's shooting out of his mind and defending Curry, it would be very tough. But they bake the numbers so close on these Giannis ones that I don't see a whole I think it bumps it from like. 270 to 285 or something. It's so yeah. close that I can't get there on Giannis because I do think there is a world in which Drew Holiday could win a, a, a conference or or, uh, or finals MVP. Um. That, so other than that, though, I think Jokic is a lock. I think Jokic yeah. is the biggest lock, especially if he's coming off of a potential non-MVP in the regular <laughs> season. There's no way the writers aren't going to give it to him then. Uh, I think Embiid is an absolute lock. If they're going that far, it's it's only going to be him. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm with you on almost all of those.
3: Yeah, I, I think it's interesting that you brought up Drew Holiday as the Giannis alternative because I actually think Chris Middleton could maybe, maybe also be in the mix, just because what if we get a couple of close games and who's gonna take the shots in the final minute? Yeah. Who's gonna hit the winning shot? Yeah. That's Middleton. That's the one thing Giannis is not gonna do. So yeah, that's interesting. I, I think a conclusion then, like you said, Jim, if we're at like a plus two sixty to bet this to for the Bucs or plus two seventy-five for Giannis. That extra 15 cents is not going to be worth it. But I think if we're looking at like a Donovan Mitchell, we're going to see a much bigger delta in the difference there to make it worth it. I want to push back a little bit on a couple of these guys that I'm not convinced that they're in the lock category. They might be more in the very likely category. Let me start with Joel Embiid. Maybe this is just stupid because he's going to win MVP. And of course, if they win out more stuff, they'll just give it to Embiid again. But I think if the Sixers actually get far enough, make the finals, so this happens, James Harden has to be really good. And James Harden has a pretty obvious like redemption narrative. And if James Harden throws back, you know, the old time machine and puts up some 25 and 30 point games and has all the assists and has a couple triple doubles, maybe hits the winning shot. Could James Harden steal an MVP award against Joel Embiid or am I just crazy? Joe, you're shaking your head.
2: I just don't think that they could win a title if Embiid's not putting up like 35 a game. So, like, that's just – that's kind of where I'm at with it. Like, I think they need it – they need James Harden, sure. Uh, but, like, maybe Maxi steps up one game. Maybe you get a cra- couple crazy Harden games. Maybe you get, like, a rogue Tobias Harris game where, like, P.J. Tucker actually shoots the ball more than once. Um, but, like, I think that there's no real circumstance where they can't – they can win a title with Embiid not dropping 35 a game.
1: No, I'm with you 100%. I think this, to me, Embiid is the ultimate – example of why we did it It is why we looked in this we like could try and outsmart it and it's it's like it's just gonna be Embiid. what cracks me up with Embiid's number is you will notice that his number to win finals mvp is shorter than the sixers number so i don't (laughs) again i don't think there's really value there um because i think i think the thought is there is a universe in which he plays out of his mind and they give it to the losing player i don't think that that's likely i don't think you should pay the juice for that so i'm i'm not looking at Embiid anyways but uh, I'm I'm probably on Joe's side of things with with him being pretty much a lock.
3: Yeah, the Joel Embiid to win in a losing effort is the exact sort of galaxy <laughs> brain bet that that I that, let's be honest, all three of us would talk ourselves into. <laughs> it's it's going to happen on a text thread, are gonna be like, oh, absolutely. what? If? It just doesn't happen. It happened once. Jerry West did it, and if no other reason, if they, I promise you, until he retires, there's no chance that after all the years of LeBron not winning the MVP yeah. for all the losing years, there's no chance they're giving it to somebody else in the losing yeah. effort when they didn't do it for LeBron. It's, yeah. it's just not it's happening. Just not
2: gonna happen. yeah, it's not gonna
3: I got to talk about LeBron. He's the other one that I'm not positive of here, which is interesting considering some we'll wrap up with soon. Are we positive that LeBron is in the lock stratosphere and that Anthony Davis is, is not in the mix here? I think it could push him down a little bit. Jim, be the LeBron truther. Is he a lock?
1: I actually, you know, I you're 100 percent right. I'm with you on this one. I don't think he's 100 percent lock. I do think there's definitely an Anthony, and I I almost think, uh, you know, being full LeBron uh, truther that I am right now, <laughs> I I actually think that if they are to go on one of these runs, it is going to have to be bubble AD plus. It's gonna he's gonna really have to be the one. Like Joe, you were mentioning um in this this first round series that AD is is your look, and I think that you know it's going to be different with with each matchup down the line. But I really do think that. LeBron is he's locked into his his like 28, 6'6. Six, six. You know, there's a world where AD goes for 30, 15, and three or something. And that's, you know, again, sort points. He's he's above LeBron there. And I, I think that's definitely
2: a possibility for sure. I just think that like the way the narrative is with around yeah. LeBron, like they just they're, they are they want to give him one. Like if the Lakers win the title, there's just no sir. I just I just really struggle to see a circumstance where they just aren't like we're going to give it to LeBron because you deserve it. Like you're, it's a very good point. You're old. (laughs) Like you're like, you're old and you're winning titles. Like, here you go. Like, I don't think they're going to, they're not going to leave that, uh, that goat debate up to the fact that LeBron won a finals. And then he didn't get a finals MVP (laughs) in one of them. Like that would just be the pettiest thing I've ever seen. So
3: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's, there are certain players in certain sports, uh, Jim, as much as you and I have our rubrics and all of our rules, LeBron you just throw the rules out LeBron gets to make his own rules so I I think that I I don't know if he needs to be in the 95% group of locks but I don't think he's in the 75% very likely group he's probably like somewhere toward the middle in the middle so past our locks then Joe let's have you go first then because you started the list last time so you did your locks who's in your next tier down then who are the other guys that maybe there might still be some value on here
2: Uh, I think, I think Tatum is still very likely right to win just based on the fact that he's probably going to score more than Jalen Brown. Like you kind of need him to be that guy. Uh, I would also say Kawhi and Steph are in that, in that type of bracket. I don't think, my thing is like, I don't think that some of these teams are going to get there. So that's kind of why I'm leading off of this, but like (laughs) Brunson, Sabonis, Butler, um, you know, I think you could argue De'Aaron Fox, right? But but Jimmy Butler, if the Miami Heat are there, which they won't be, but, like, he would be somebody that probably wins this just because he has to. Um, but I, I, I think that there's much less value in this tier outside of Tatum, uh, I think.
3: Yeah, I was going to say Butler is in the locks group for me. We just didn't need to get there because yeah, they're not yeah. also going to get there. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm intrigued that you have Kawhi here and I'm intrigued on Steph. Tatum, I think this is the right group. His points per game to Jalen Brown is close enough that one big game or something could swing it. I can't do it. I can't do it again. I did it all last year, both series with Jalen. I'll probably get there again. But I think that's the one where that kind of falls into this group where I'd say, hey, don't just blindly bet Tatum to be the finals MVP rather than Celtics. Because I thought about that. I thought about that bet. That's my title pick right now, Jim, Tatum, Kawhi, Steph. Are these are, are these guys in that seventy five percent range for you?
1: Yeah, Kawhi and Steph. Yes, I'm with you on being slightly more hesitant on Tatum. Um, I, although, again, I, 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 I'm. I think we need like another category for he He almost <laughs> needs his own category because I, in theory, yes, he should be in this tier. But I do have just a little bit more pause with him than a Curry or Kawhi or a guy like. Now, maybe you guys wrote this, wrote him off because you're writing his team off. But Ja, to me, is someone who is a very, he's almost the definition of very likely. He's almost certainly going to lead the Grizzlies in scoring. But even in a universe where Bain scores two or three points more a game, I think maybe you get that Kawhi treatment from that one year. Like, Jaw's the guy. He's he's the face. So I, I think Ja belongs in this very likely. I I don't hate a Tatum play instead of a, of a Celtics finals win. But I also, I just can't fully get myself there on it.
3: Yeah, I was trying to remember when we were talking through if if, if Jaw had been on a list somewhere. I, I think I actually put Jaw in the locks group. I, I don't know how Memphis wins something and ja is not the MVP. He's gonna put up the points. He's gonna. I mean, yeah, to give Jaw Morant an MVP trophy this year, right now after everything, the narrative part of it is not the, the kindest in the world. But he's gonna score like double what most of the other people on the team for. I, I think he's that top group. Uh, Joe, what do you think about Ja or any of the other guys we just talked about to wrap this up here?
2: I think Ja should be like in a lower tier just because they do have some other options. Like I think Desmond Bain can put up buckets and it depends on the matchup, right? So like against these Eastern Conference teams, like I expect one of Milwaukee, Boston, or Philadelphia to come out of the East. I don't think that those matchups are great for Jaw because they all like he really relies on driving into the paint. And those all, are all teams with great interior defense, right? So the guy that I would think actually could win on Memphis in this type of situation is Jaron Jackson because he has to be good. Like if he's not incredible, they aren't winning, especially in all of those matchups that have elite bigs pretty much. So like that's where I would kind of want to look if I thought that they were going to be in the finals and the number you're going to get on Jaron is insane to be finals <laughs> MVP. <laughs>
3: yeah i don't know i don't think i can get there on Jaron. We, we just did the whole thing and it's got to be the points per game leader i don't know that i can see Jaron leading like if Jaron leads you in points per game you lost the series i just yeah, i don't like, feel like I, it i'm not went even out saying long. that
2: i'm saying like he has to be like he's got to have like four blocks a game and like 20 20 points a game like he's yeah. gonna get it from that like andre iguodala type of like holistic effort that is just like we couldn't have won without him. And he's got some crazy blocks, stuff like that.
3: Yeah. And and to be fair, it's probably going to have to come against Joel Embiid or against Giannis. And so that's where the Iguodala thing lines up where it's like, okay, we knew who the MVP was the other team won. So I guess the MVP is why did they stop the other guy? That's basically how Iguodala got it. So if I'm at home and I'm listening right now and I'm thinking, okay, I like the Grizzlies to win the West. I like the Warriors to win the West. Tell me now you've all looked at the odds We'll get to a best bet in a little bit. So this is not you. Who, who are the teams where you think the biggest delta is that rather than betting X team to win a thing, I should bet this guy to win MVP. We already said Giannis, Jokic, the books are on it. Like the, there's not a lot of value there. So Jim, what teams to you, rather than betting a team future, do you think you should play the MVP future instead?
1: Yeah, I think my favorite, and this is a guy whose name has come up a couple times already in this podcast, is Devin Booker. You can get him at plus 850 for Western Conference Finals MVP. And I really like doing it in the Western Conference Finals because even though I said last year, tiny sample, they did just give it to Curry and Tatum, and then Curry got it again in the finals. I do think you know, there is a possibility that as we see this award play out, this conference finals, It's almost like we see you as MVP 1A and and what team is better made for a 1A MVP than Booker to KD? Because I think almost everyone is gonna say if if the Suns are again the finals, KD is is once again their most valuable player, almost certainly. But as we've noted, his stats have gone down a little bit just because he's in, you know, there's only one ball to go around. And since he has come to the team, Booker is scoring a little bit more, if anything, than than Durant. So if we really are sorting by points and we're not it's not the pressure of a finals where it's like, this is KD's legacy. He needs, he needs another finals MVP. We can say, Hey, this is the Western conference finals. Booker did put up 32, a game Durant was at 26, even though we think Durant is the more valuable player. We're going to give it to Booker here. I I think that number is really good for a Suns team that I've been trying to play and haven't really found a way to play. I think I'm going to be on this. Um, Cause I, I, I really love what Booker has been doing with their, their full squad here. And, we know he can fill it up, so
2: I think that's my favorite play.
3: And Joe, what about you? Well, if I'm looking for, I want to bet on this team. Who should I play as an MVP instead of the team?
2: So I like I like Joel Embiid for the Eastern Conference Finals MVP. Um, to me, the num- there's enough space between the number and what the Philly odds are that I like it. it you know, you can get them around like plus six hundred to be the Eastern Conference Finals MVP. Um, the other thing is right, like in this matchup. I think he he's played pretty well against Milwaukee. Uh, he's struggled a little bit more against Boston, right? Like aside from that masterclass he kind of had the other day to kind of really like what it looked like to wrap up MVP. But I think that there's no real way that they can win that series against Milwaukee if he's not the best player on the floor um or at least you know at, the, at least the best player on the floor for philly so i think at plus 600 in an eastern conference finals um you're getting a little bit more value there and you're getting about instead of like plus 400 you're getting plus 600 so i think it's significant enough
3: okay i like that i'm gonna give a pick here too i haven't done this i think on any, on any of my billion podcasts this week i don't think this is going out we did do it on green dot daily on thursday if you heard it i wanted to grill you guys on this because you're you're both my lebron truthers Give me LeBron. 15 to one to win the West conference finals, not the NBA finals MVP, just the West. It's the same thing. It's what we just talked about. The Lakers are plus 700 plus 800 to win the West. I don't know exactly what percent LeBron would be if the Lakers win that he gets it, but we put him somewhere between that 75 to 95 range, right? Plus 1500 versus plus seven or 800. Basically they're saying, eh, it's a split could be, could be LeBron. It could be Davis. I agree with what you said, Jim, In order to get to the finals, Davis is going to have to be awesome. But I agree with what you said, Joe. If they get there, they're just going to give it to LeBron. I'm just overriding all the stuff that we said and saying, but it's LeBron. He gets his own rules, 15 to one. And yes, this absolutely is an emotional hedge and me getting out ahead of just in case LeBron loses yet another finals. At least I had some money to make off of him getting there out of another week conference. Hooray for the second greatest player of all time. Jim, oh. you got one more. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to keep on going. Jim, you got one more MVP bet here. Talk to me about Jokic for finals MVP.
1: Yeah, this one, there isn't a huge delta. It's, you can get Nuggets for plus a thousand or Jokic for plus 1100. But again, this is a team that I want to be on. I guess there's a world in which Murray is the leading scorer, but I don't see them giving it to to murray um so i i like that as a way to get on the nuggets i I do think this is a really good way to get on a few teams just make sure you what i'll say is make sure you double check there's some of these where the player like we talked about is shorter odds than the team so definitely don't just willy-nilly do this kind of pull up a couple tabs be cross comparing but to get to get that from from uh, plus a thousand plus eleven hundred i think that jokic for finals is is a play like if you're on denver
3: All right. So that's going to wrap up our MVP conversation It is about time to wrap up the podcast, but gentlemen, the buckets feed has been buzzing. We're putting out podcasts like multiple a day. We're going to be on all throughout the playoffs five days a week, multiple episodes. I think some days, all the best bets we've done series. We've done some props. We've done all the game ones. This is our last chance. This is the final word on a week of previews before the actual playoffs start Each one of us gets one minute to tell, if you you made it to the end of the podcast and you haven't bet yet, great news. We got one bet for you. You got one bet, $100, $10, $1,000, no shaming here. Whatever your bet is, this is the one futures bet you have to make right now. I made enough bets, I'm done. Joe, give me your one bet to make right now. This is it.
2: I think that, it goes directly into what we were talking about before, and you have to bet on LeBron to be finals MVP and mix it. I would mix it, just split it with Lakers to win the finals, just in case. I don't want to be stuck there with a losing ticket based on that. <laughs> but I think that you have to make that bet right now. The path to me is is great for them. Like they have the path, right? So they have that easier part of the bracket in terms of the two, three with Memphis and Sacramento. And then you also have golden state who's been like, you know, they're defending champ, but they definitely have their flaws. I think that where LA is in this part of the bracket, the fact that you get to avoid Denver and Phoenix, Uh, until a Western Conference Finals that they probably have to play a seven-game series to get to. I think that this is a spot where I want to back the Lakers. And there's very few matchups where I'm going to say I don't want LeBron James and Anthony Davis against even some of these teams in the East just based on what they can do from a versatility perspective. And I think that Brandon would love to see Anthony Davis versus Joel Embiid in the (laughs) NBA Finals. So that would really just absolutely send him. Brandon would be tilting. And you guys want to be betting on that with your money. So I love the Lakers here. I think the ceiling is still high. And the big thing with the Lakers has always been, are they healthy? And right now they're very healthy. They're geared up for this postseason run. I like L.A., and I think that now that they're in the playoffs, there's still some more value there.
3: Man, if if we get Anthony Davis, LeBron, Joel Embiid, and James Harden in the finals, I'm I'm glad you guys are here right now. Matt Moore, if you're listening, I'm out. I'm off the podcast. I'm gone. I'm going on vacation. Jim and Joe are taking my spot. I'm out. (laughs) I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't believe we spent an entire week previewing the playoffs after an entire year of buckets. And what is Joe's one best bet to make? It's LeBron. <laughs> it's always LeBron. Good job, Joe. Jim yeah, Turvey, welcome. you get the final word. You're the final bet of the preview week. Give us one.
1: Yes, absolutely. So uh, this is, you know, again, a bet I cannot believe I'm making. I can't believe I'm here. The LeBron truther for so long and Warriors hater, my my favorite bet is Warriors to win the title plus 950. I think this is proof that, you know, they say what, every seven years you like completely change or whatever. I, <laughs> I guess I have reached that peak and uh, it, it's happening because I'm i with you, Joe. To me, this is all about the path. It broke so perfectly for the Warriors. Um, they've got the Kings who, again, I'm not, I'm not low on the Kings, but I think it's a team that they can run with. And I think they're going to get through that first round series. Then they're going to have either the Grizzlies who are all banged up or a Lakers team that I just don't see it having that peak. Um, that that they once had then you've got phoenix and denver phoenix if they get through that series i'd be amazed if they're all fully healthy and and you know ready to roll after battling with denver and denver warriors are just a, a tough matchup for denver i so i would like them in either of those series then you get to the finals i think Giannis is the nightmare draw but a maybe we have a little bit of hedge potential or b they we just saw them beat the celtics last year right so I think this Warriors team is my favorite, and I'll tell you what there's there's some the way I'm playing it too. I'm getting a little creative here. There's some books out there where they'll they'll give you risk-free stuffs, and they will appear in your account the next day. If you start laying a few of those seeds down, and you start putting them on Warriors each day. You kind of build a nice little portfolio without any risk. It's beautiful. So if you if you're interested in that, you can kind of build this little portfolio of Warriors with not a whole lot of risk, and what I see is as, as a decent uh, payout in the end.
3: Now we're talking. All right. So we brought on the two biggest LeBron truthers in the planet. And the final bet of the season is the Golden State Warriors to win the title. And I might say lock up best player of his generation for Steph Curry. One more title with his squad team. Wow. We got there, (laughs) gentlemen. We got there. All right. We're going to wrap it up. That is a fun podcast. The future is here. Guys, I'm about to watch like 20 hours of basketball this weekend. I'm going like to glued to my couch, 12 hours Saturday, 12 hours Sunday. Yeah, we might get to like 25 hours of basketball. You guys are back on Sunday evening recording from Monday to wrap up the first weekend. We're all back at Buckets all week long. We have episodes coming every single day during the week, getting your best bets, getting your props, follow us on the app, the award-winning Action Network app. Follow our bats. Follow us on Twitter. We're making money. We're watching basketball. We're having fun. The future is here. Let's get buckets.
0: Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.